The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Quick Hits. This is your Thursday, August 10th edition. Getting ever so closer to the to a wonderful, wonderful week and hopefully um, interesting Wednesday night. Much lower scoring than that just disaster of a Tuesday. Verlander is starting to become the guy worth the cash. And hey, Geo still got it done. It wasn't lighting the world on fire, but... You know, for a night where not all the pitching did what it was supposed to do, not bad at all. Um, today, we have a two-game early slate. I'm not even going to cover it. It's, yeah, not happening. Ten-game late slate, though, isn't bad. We have five pitchers over 10K, which is very, very enticing. And then it gets interesting. The farther down you go, there's really not a punt I'm secure with like we have on most nights. So um, there's no Bartolo Colognes to make you just drop your jaw and go, what? Maybe there will be. I could be wrong. Um, but Bartolo back-to-back starts. Somebody, if you're going to make Eric Thames pee in a cup after every home run, Bartolo should be peeing in a cup after every shutout inning. Like, it's it's ridiculous what he's doing right now. But let's uh, let's get at it. You're pitching. Well, first, as always, the weather. I'm not going to go over every game. I wrote down the notes already. Houston and the Chicago White Sox, there's a slight chance. Looks like it clears up after game time so that hopefully will be okay that's your only real major rain threat um and then baltimore oakland the wind's blowing out to right center it blows out a lot there in oakland but the thing that got my attention with the wind blowing out super humid we're talking up to like 90 percent humidity at times at night it's only gonna be like 60 65 degrees but the humidity is gonna be huge making for a very very nice hitting environment talking about hitting environments let's talk totals um when you start off the evening slate, we have Marlins at the Nationals at 9.5, Mets, Phillies, 8, Yankees, Blue Jays, 8.5, Indians, Rays, 8, Royals, Cardinals, 8.5, Astros, White Sox, 9.5, Twins, Brewers, 9.5, Dodgers, D-backs, 9.5, Orioles, A's, 9.5, Angels, Mariners, 7.5, so we have a 7.5, two eights, two eight and a halfs, and then... Five nine and a halfs to target the bats with. Let's break down the pitching action tonight and get this baby going. Our top priced guy on the slate is Jacob Degrom at twelve seven at the Philadelphia Phillies. 
Uh, very solid matchup when it comes to DeGrom, who as a whole has been disappointing. Last 10 starts, less than on average, less than 15 points. Um, against the Phillies this year, two starts with only 13 innings. Total, three earned, 15 Ks, averaging 16.7. At a 12-7 price tag, that's not going to cut it. He had like 16-5 versus the Dodgers. We were not on him. 25-3 at Seattle, and then a 29-8, then an 18-2, then a 39, then a 17. The big 20s and 30s are, yes, good. The 17s are going to kill you. Um, going up against a Phillies team in Philadelphia, good hitting environment. But they do strike out over 23% of the time, which is a big, big plus. We know their offense isn't great. Um, DeGrom, in the last 30 days, is 12th best on the barrel FIP. Getting barrel 3.79% of the time, striking out over 30% in that time. He's a really, really good pitcher. I'm not saying he's not a good play. It's just you've got to get the strikeouts limit, the damage. Lefties at 288, righties 299 off DeGrom. The Phillies do have the second lowest total on the slate at 377. If you want to use him, that is fine. I will not be using him. I hope he pitches great. I hope people that use him enjoy it. I just see upside elsewhere, and I'll be going elsewhere. I'll be starting off with guys like James Paxton at 12-3 at home against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Paxton has been outstanding. In two starts this year against the Angels, 11 and two-thirds, 9K, 17.9. believe one of those starts is when he was not right, because since he has gotten right, 24 5, 28-7, 37-4, 26-6, 28-5, 30.2, 19.9, 23.6. James Paxton is feeling it, and the strikeouts are there. Um, that's 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight of his last nine starts, he has seven or more strikeouts. Paxton has looked the real deal. Once he's gotten things right, the Angels don't strike out a ton, about 19.6% of the time. But in the last 30 days, this number was the same number last start. Paxton's number one on the barrel FIP, getting barreled 0.00% of the time. Outstanding. Striking out 33.33, and he's only walking 3.25. Paxton has been money. The Angels' offense is not terrifying by any means. If they beat him up, it's just one of those nights where it was not meant to be. Angels have the lowest total on the board by at 3.12. That is 0.65 lower than the Phillies, who is second on the board. Uh, lefties 262, righties 286. The Angels have a very, very, very bad, like San Francisco Giants-esque Woba versus lefties at 292. And an even worse ISO of 115. They struggle a ton versus lefties. I'm sure you got guys like CJ Cron, you know, pulls, trouts against everybody. But like Yanel Escobar is on the DL who loves hitting the lefties. You just got to look around. Overall picture, not tons to love versus left-handed pitching, especially one of the caliber of James Paxton. Paxton is elite right now at the level he's at. I thought he was elite coming into the years. I know others did as well in the fantasy community. Struggled, was injured. It made sense. Now he's back and looking great. I will uh, definitely be on some Paxton at 12-3. Another guy I love a ton. The price tag is very steep for him considering – We've paid, since his return from the DL, 7100 9500 9400 Well, Danny Salazar is up to $11,700. We're talking a $2,300 hike. And I can already see it now. The industry is going to go, oh, that's just too much for Danny Salazar. You can't pay for gold. They said the same about Gio Gonzalez last night. And Gio Gonzalez got you into the mid to high 20s. So, I don't know what to tell you there. But Gio has, in his three starts since his return from the DL slash minors, 
31.2 at home against Toronto, 26.5 at the White Sox, 33.6 at home against the Yankees. Going 7-6 seven, and 7 innings, 1 earned, 2 earned, 0 earned. And here's the caveat, the kicker, the big deal, 12-8-8. Eight, eight. Those were his strikeout totals in those three games since his return. And who's he have tonight? The Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, the Rays who strike out nearly 25% of the time first right-handed pitch. And you got Salazar almost striking out 33%. The walks are always an issue. But since his return from the DL, like we talked about his last start, walks have been great. No more than two in his last three starts. He's got a swing strike rate over 16%. The Rays might run into one or two. That's fine. Like Brad Miller went deep yesterday. They got guys that will just they'll, they'll hit home runs. But they have the third lowest total on the board at 379, right next to the Phillies against DeGrom. Um, the Rays' power is there. The strikeouts are huge. Good pitching ballpark in Tampa Bay. I hope the price tag scares people off because in a GPP, I talk about it all the time, you want strikeouts. Danny Salazar might be in, if not is in, the best strikeout matchup of the day between what he has on the mound versus opponent. This is tremendous stuff here. If he gets another, it's like I say with any guy, everybody has bad starts. If he gets hit, we move on. It is a phenomenal matchup, and the price point should scare people off, which makes me even more excited about it. I will definitely have some Danny Salazar. He is right there with me. I actually have him ranked barely ahead of Paxton tonight based on that strikeout upside because the Angels do not strike out a ton. Paxton will get his six or seven most likely, maybe more. Maybe he goes off, which would be awesome. Salazar, as long as he doesn't walk the world and only gives up a couple solo homers, gets you seven innings, Salazar will be in double digits tonight. And that is tremendous. That is what we are looking for. A double-digit K game allows you to give up one or two home runs. So Salazar at 11-7, definitely in love with him tonight. And then a nice GPP play, because I think people will either pay up for guys like Darvish, who was phenomenal against the Mets. He's in Arizona in Chase Field. Good GPP play if you want to go there. I have no problem with it at all. The other GPP play I'm looking at is Sonny Gray at 10-9 at the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, obviously, Sonny's with the Yankees now, coming off his first Yankee start at Cleveland, where he got 17.3. He finished up his time in Oakland very good, 27-3, 20.9, 25-7, 20.5, 22-2, All really, really good stuff. And his last start with the A's was at Toronto where he went um, six innings, gave up five hits, four runs, but they were all unearned early in the game. He was dialed in, especially after that inning. Two walks, nine strikeouts in his six innings pitched. Still got him 27.3 points against the Jays. Uh, the Jays are hitting a little better of late, but they're still you know, so, so bipolar at the plate. It's all or nothing with them. Striking out 20.6% of the time. Sonny striking out 23.4. Swinging strike rates 12%. Ground ball of 56.3, which is... I love seeing that, especially with a guy that has K ability like Sonny. We have other guys we talk about that have that strikeout upside, but when you can also get ground balls at the same time. So it's like you're either going to strike it out or when the ball's in play, you're going to get a ground ball usually. Because if you put strikeout percentage with ground ball, we're talking that 76. Shift. Almost 80, yeah, almost 80% yeah, almost of his plays is a strikeout or a ground ball. It's about a 20% fog ball rate. I'm all about that. Give me that life. Um, we, we can definitely work with that. Uh, Toronto's team total 410, lefties 296, righties 336. Sonny Gray makes for a good GPP play because I feel um, similar to Salazar, maybe not as much because Sonny's you know done it more consistently, has more of a name value. 
but most people don't want to pay for him either. We're talking 8,800. He was 10-7 at Toronto with a 96, 83, 9,000, 84, 86. That's what we've been paying for Sonny all year, even into the sevens and sixes. This is a big bump for Sonny as well tonight. Um, it's a great matchup versus Estrada. The Yankees should be able to score some runs for Sonny. Good chance for a W as well, which those four points are so valuable. No, no, A lot of people don't talk about. So I, I don't mind Sonny at all. So up top, I'm not using Darvish. Like I said, if you want to, I get it. The upside's there. Strikeouts are there. I just don't like to – it's almost like the Coors effect when I'm in Arizona unless there's a guy I really, really have a good feeling on. I try to stay away from the uh, the, the D-backs in chase. But up top, Salazar, Paxton, basically 1A, 1B, and they give me some Sunny Gray. And then if you really, really want to, I you can go to Grom. But if, at the point where you want to go to Grom – I love it because the Phillies offense, you know, they'll, they they can go off, but they strike out a boatload. I'd almost go you Darvish and save the thirteen hundred. That's kind of where I'm at with those two guys. Both okay options. Both you know are excellent pitchers. I'd just rather have Salazar, Paxton, or Gray to build around than those two. Let's get down to the middle tier where it's a little shaky. Uh, we got guys like Brad Peacock who really has struggled of late, which should lower his ownership. He only got 8.9 points his last time out against Toronto, 14-6, 10-4. So his last three starts have been rough, but then prior to that, 33-4, 19-5, 21-22.5, 27.2, 24.9. All starts we would love tonight at 9,500. 9, Going up against a White Sox team who got to McHugh eventually. McHugh dodged bullets, dodged bullets, and they finally got to him um, about the fourth or fifth inning in that one and made it a little rough. Peacock's biggest bugaboo at all times is that walk rate, but he's got a 12.4% swinging strike rate. The, the White Sox strike out 23% of the time versus righties. He is 12th worst on the barrel fifth the last 30 days, getting barreled 7.4% of the time. He's only striking out 25% over that time, and he's walking over 10%. These are all things obviously not good. But on the season, he's striking out over 31%. It just depends if you want to go here. It is a steep price tag because if he struggles, it's going to burn you in a bad way. White Sox, 4-3-4 totals on the lower half. Lefties, 3-14. Righty's only 258 versus Peacock. He is a GPP play because if he's not walking, guys, he is going to get his strikeouts, and he could be in for a huge, huge night at a very low ownership. It's just, what are you going to get type deal because it's it's terrifying. Um, just want to bring him up at 95 if you want to go there. The guy I do like in this price range, and I still like if you look at how Salazar is priced up and Sonny Gray was priced up, I don't understand how Zach Davies is only 8400 unless it's because he's in Miller Park. That's the only thing I could think of. This guy has been great. 22 points at Tampa Bay, 17-6 against the Cubs, 31-7 at the White uh, at the Nationals, 18-4 at Pitt, 10.8 versus Philly, 15-3 at Chicago, 15-3 at against Miami, 16-8 against Atlanta. That's eight straight pretty good starts. Seven of eight really, really good starts. Facing the Minnesota team, which we know, you know, has some thump in their dozers just on an absolute tear. Rosario, Kepler, Sano, there is thump in the lineup. There's no sugarcoating it. But they do also strike out 22.5% of the time. And in the last 30, or 30 days, Davies is 13th best on the barrel fifth, just behind Jacob deGrom. Uh, we mentioned how Paxton gets barreled 0% of the time. Davies, 0.74%. He's been very, very good. Kane, 185 that he faces, which is uh, down. It's actually up because on the season, he's 15-6. 
Um, he's looked really good. Great ground ball rate. Obviously, the hard contact is not there. Minnesota's got a middle of the pack total of 4-4-3, which is just barely above the White Sox, .09 above them. But when you look at it, lefties 330, righties 312 versus Davies. So the lefties do scare you. Kepler, Rosario, um, Grossman, even Maurer could be a threat, but it's in Milwaukee, so you got to see who's DHing. Dozier's always a threat. It's an interesting play, but 8400 bucks, the upside is tremendous. I love matching him up with one of the guys up top that I like between Gray and Paxton and Salazar. You still have to find some value bats here or there, but hey, go punt, go punt a position and load up elsewhere. You'll be fine. Um, I like Zach Davies at 8,400. I hope he gets it done for us yet again. Let's get to the lower price guys, and this is some not good stuff. You got Lance Lynn at 78, who's been pretty good this year, gets averaging about 17 points a game, coming off a 20 point performance at Cincinnati. But it's it's not like he's got a good floor. The upside is just not tremendous. 19 9, 14-1, 20.5, 19-1, 19-5, 21-4, 13-8, 22-5. So eight straight pretty darn good starts of 14 or more, which I guess you'll take at 75. He's at home against Kansas City. So Kansas City loses the DH, which is very, very nice. Uh, they strike out a little over 20% of the time versus righties. Lance Lynn, last 30 days, his 20th best on the barrel FIP. Getting barreled only 1.4% of the time, but in that time, only striking out a little over 16% of the batters he faces. Not big strikeout stuff. On the year, he's striking out about 21%. So it's an intriguing matchup at 78. The strikeouts aren't tremendous. Lefties do hit him well, hitting 337, but righties only 248. And they do have the fourth lowest on the total on the board at four. So it makes Lynn in play. As you even saw with the Royals last night, they had a good matchup against Leak, and they got a little bit going early. They just couldn't get the big blow up. Um, Lance Lynn can frustrate you at times when he starts walking people, and uh, it, it just gets interesting with him. But at 78, definitely in play. If you don't want to use a guy like Davies, you can put Lynn with one of those guys up top, save 600 bucks, and go from there. Now let's go to where it gets really, really shaky. GPP, Carlos Rodon is 7K at home against the Houston Astros. Fading the Houston Astros, usually suicide. But he, you saw Miguel Gonzalez shut him down last night. They're human. They don't show up every game, most games, but not every game. He's coming off three outstanding starts. At the Cubs for 17 points. Against Cleveland for 26.2. At Boston for 31.7. 11, 9, and 11 were the strikeout totals in those three games. The walks were down to 0, 2, and 3, which is really good for him. Problem with Houston, as we know, they only strike out 17% of the time versus lefties. Um, Rodon, like I said, does have a, a tendency to walk guys. Astros have the highest total on the board at 516. Lefties 283, righties 341. It is a GPP only. This is one of those that if he got shelled, you would not be surprised. But the upside is sneaky good. The lack of Ks from the Astros always sucks. But, you know, maybe he runs into a few strikeouts because the swinging strike you've got up close to 12%, and it's just different than than others. It's very, very intriguing. Rodon at 7K for GPP only. Um, your other guys, I'm not going to get super into it, but like Tyler Skaggs at 6,200 against Seattle. I'm worried the pitch count's not going to be there yet because he made his first start back in like four months, three and a half months his last time out. Only pitched around 80, 80, 80 and 85 pitches his last time. Seattle doesn't strike out a ton, around 19.5% versus lefties. 
Still a good matchup and a good ballpark for Skaggs. If he can get you 95-plus pitches, it's not bad. He's going against Paxton, so the win might be tough. But it's intriguing. And then the ultimate punt, the lowest-priced guy on the board, our boy Blake Snell. Mo made fun of of many of us DFS guys, and I'm one of them. That If, if Blake doesn't walk guys, he has great stuff, but that's a big if because all Blake does is walk guys. Um, he's been better of late, though, 1-2-1 and one in his last three uh, strikeouts of five, four, four, and six. He's got great strikeout stuff, just hasn't done it. Three earned runs in all four of his uh, last starts, just eight point two to thirteen point six. Those are his point totals in those four in that in that range. So it hasn't been overwhelming. He's facing a Cleveland team, only strikes out seventeen percent of the time versus lefties. It's very very risky, but it's fifty three hundred. Get me ten plus points, and it's not the end of the world. And opens up bats for days. I just don't like any of the punts. Uh, Snell, Skaggs, and Rodon. Rodon's an extreme GPP play. Skaggs, I'd probably like the best out of the three for basement-wise, the floor. But they're all extremely risky, and I'm not in love with them at all. So to recap your pitching up top, you got Salazar, Paxton, Gray, and then like either DeGrom or Darvish if you want to go there. But I'm staying with those three mainly. In the middle, Davies, Peacock for me. And then you got Lynn. Rodon, Skaggs, and Snell down below. Interesting pitching decisions. Let's get into the bats for tonight. At the catcher's position, you got Gary Sanchez. Still 4300 bucks, nice and cheap. Went deep last night. Flyball pitcher in Estrada, he is in play. Yadi Molina stays hot, hot, hot. Grand slam last night. Averaging 12.2 his last 10. His game logs 20, 23, 12, 10. That's pretty good for the old man. Going up against Jason Hamill, intriguing matchup at 36. Um, as you go down the list, you got guys like Manny Pena at 34, Matt Wieters at 33. But uh, after Yachty, I'm looking at a lefty bat of Jason Castro at 29 versus Davies. If you're not using Davies, that's not bad at all. Mike Zunino with some power against Skaggs at 29. Getting below this 3K range, you can get a little more dicey with stuff. Um, as you go down, there's not a lot though. We'll have to check lineups because this is pretty sketchy. Usually, got some nice options. If Chris Jimenez gets a start over Castro, even though he's a righty, he's 2,500. That's not bad for a punt. Like Jose Lobaton, if he gets a start for Washington, 2,500. I like that as a punt. Um, Martin Maldonado does hit lefties extremely well. James Paxson isn't your average lefty, but Maldonado at 2,400 is uh, in play as a punt. Other than that, check the lineups, see what comes out for the catchers, and look for the punts. First base, uh, you got Bellinger up top versus Band of the lefty. Gurry Elvers, Rodon at 51. Um, Edwin Encarnacion, we know how he loves hitting those lefties. He's 4,500 versus Blake Snell. That's a solid play there. If not, Carlos Santana at 42, both very, very good. Ryan Zimmerman mentioned yesterday how much he loves hitting lefties. He had a big night. 48 points, double dong, four for four, five ribbies. What a night for uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Not facing a lefty tonight. He's facing Dan Staley, but 4K is still a pretty solid price tag for uh, for Zim. Yeah, Danny Valencia at 39. I don't know if I can pay that much, but we know he does hit lefties extremely well. Um, keep an eye on... The Brew Crew, because the fact they couldn't hit yesterday was just insanely disappointing. Um, and they're facing, it was supposed to be Kyle Gibson, 
But, and yeah, he's this kid isn't even on the pitching list. So give me a second here. He's not even in DraftKings. If this is really who's starting, um, they got Ennis on the DraftKings list. Ends, E-N-N-S. I got to check this out real quick. Interesting stuff. Okay, Dietrich Ends. Dietrich Ends of the Twins. Came over from the Yankees. Will be making his major league debut. On a Thursday night, he's a left-handed pitcher. Decent stuff, not a huge strikeout guy. He's not in the DraftKings system, of course. We can't even punt with him. But that makes it interesting because like, Eric Thames hits lefties well. He's 3,800. But a guy like um, Jesus Aguilar at 3,900, right-handed bat of Aguilar, that's very enticing, especially in GPPs power upside-wise against a guy like Enns. That makes things interesting. Eric Hosmer, 37 versus Lynn on like a ton uh, as long as they're going to keep undervaluing these these Royals big boys, I will like to use them in the right matchups like tonight. Uh, as you're going to have Wilmer Flores, 36 is intriguing. It's Velasquez, big strikeout stuff, but also hard contact. And like Lomo versus Salazar at 35 if you're being contrarian. But Ryan Healy, I like this a lot at 3,500 against Wade Miley. Miley has been seventh worst on the barrel fifth the last 30 days, getting barreled almost 6% of the time. We know Healy's got that power especially against left-handed pitching. Averaging 7.6 his last 10. He's a good play at 3,500. Uh, as you go down some more, you got the likes. If you want to fade uh, Sonny Gray, Kendrick Morales is only 3,400. Trey Mancini at 34 versus Smith of Oakland. That is some good value there. Other than that, you're going to need to see lineups because it gets pretty bleak when you get real, real low. Um, one price tag that makes no sense to me, I know he's slumping. He's only averaging 4.5 his last 10 games, but here's your pricing mistake of the day so far. At $3,000, you have Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles against Mr. Smith. 3K for his dong ability. That's interesting. You got CJ Cron at 28 versus Paxton with pools. That's intriguing if you're punting and want to fade Paxton. So you got a couple guys down here that you can give it a look. But that Chris Davis at 3K really, really stands out. There's some good options in that 3K range. Ryan Healy and others. Um, Hosmer and Aguilar all in the 3K, 3,900 and below. Second base, you got Jose Altuve at 5,500 versus Rodon. Altuve hits everybody, especially lefties. Let's keep that in mind. You got Dozier at 52, who's absolutely on fire. Just hitting dong after dong after dong. 31 more points last night, averaging 13.2 his last 10 back-to-back 30-plus point performances. Dozier's a good play at 52, of course. Guys like Chris Taylor, uh, Banda pitched really well against the Giants. Hashtag, it was the Giants. Um, But he's got good stuff. Chris Taylor hits lefties well, but he's 5,100. I just don't know if I can pay that for Taylor. Interesting GPP play, though. Jose Ramirez, 48 versus Snell. Jonathan Scope, 4,500 versus Smith. I like that. The Orioles are definitely in play against this Smith character. Um, he's a very, very much pitch-to-contact guy. Not a lot to like, really, with him at all. Um, I don't even. He's not even on the list because it was supposed to be Peter or Paul Blackburn. So, lots of pitching changes. It's getting to be that time of year. He's going to really have to keep an eye on things. But uh, Smith, very, very punchable, hittable face. I mean, it's, it, it's great. Paul De Jong, De Jong at 43, that's not bad for his power potential. Cano hits lefties fine. He's 41 versus Skaggs. D. Gordon versus Tanner Rourke at 42 could be a sneaky GPP play. 
Don't mind that. Chad Pender powered upside at 36 versus Miley. Wilmer Defoe at 35 versus Dan Straley. I don't mind that at all, especially if he's hitting towards the top of the order. As Drupal Cabrera has been slumping, but 3,400 versus Velasquez. He had seven points last night. Maybe he's figuring it out. It's good value for the upside you get with him, especially in that hitter's ballpark in Citizens Bank. No, no, no. Not too much else down here. Yeah. Neil Walker at 27, who's been slumping, so be careful there. Uh, Brad Miller's 2,500 if you're fading Salazar. He did go deep yesterday at 25. That was too cheap. Caleb Cowart at 23 if you want to fade Paxton, but I would not be intrigued to do that at all. Let's go over to the third base position where we have the likes of Alex Bregman, who continues to crush the baseball at 4,900 versus Rodon. Mention Jose Ramirez. Machado at 48 is very good. Justin Turner at 47. I like that a lot. Uh, Miggy Snow at 45. These are all in play. Travis Shaw well, did not play last night, which was heartbreaking. Uh, he's day-to-day. Now, like Jake Lambert's Darvish at 43 is a nice GPP play. Same with Donaldson at 41. Mike Moustakis at 4K versus Lance Lynn is definitely in play for me. I like that price tag against Lance Lynn. Mention Wilmer Flores at 36, which is very interesting. He had 14 points last night, averaging about six his last 10. Uh, Hernan Perez hasn't been lighting the world on fire, averaging 6.4 his last 10, but he's 3,700 versus ends. That has some uh, definite potential there. Mention Ryan Healy at 35. I like that a lot. Tanner, or not Ryan, Derek Dietrich versus Tanner Rourke at 3,400. Very much in play for me there, averaging 7.4 his last 10. Um, as you go down some more. Guys like uh, J.D. Davis of the Astros for 3K versus Rodon is a potential nice GPP play. Keep an eye and see if he's in the lineup. Other than that, Matt Chapman. This is a nice upside play. He's $2,300 versus Wade Miley. The power potential versus a lefty like Miley with Chapman is tremendous. I like that a lot at $2,300. That's just, again, he's still so cheap. I don't understand. what he, He's averaging over seven points a game on the season, and he's $2,300. That makes no sense. Going to a shortstop, Lindor's 49, Seager 48, Marvin Gonzalez 47, Gene Segura at 45 is probably atop my list against the lefty Skaggs. DeJong at 43, again, I already mentioned him. Didi Gregorius, I loved him yesterday at 42. He's 42 again. He went deep yesterday, facing the five-all pitcher in Estrada. Didi had 26 points yesterday. He's averaging 8.4 his last 10. Very much in play again tonight against Estrada. I like that a lot. Tim Beckham's down to 4K against Smith. I don't mind it. Orlando Arcia at 37 versus the lefty ends is worth a look as well. Mentioned Defoe. Marcus Simeon loves his lefties against Miley at 3,400. Simeon is definitely in play. The A's always have the guys in the 3K and below range that are worth looks. So always good. And no one owns them. So it's always something to keep, them, keep in mind. Got Azrubo Cabrera once again at 34. If you're fading to Grom, Freddie Galvis at 34 is very, very nice. Don't mind that at all. Uh, look into the likes of maybe Eduardo Escobar at 33. If he's in the middle of the order for the Twins, averaging 6.6 his last 10 at 6 points last night. Left-handed bat versus Davies, always low owned. But make sure he's in a good hitting spot. If he's just kind of by himself on the bottom, not as intrigued by these things. As you scroll down the shortstop list and more, you're below 3K now. And it really hasn't offered a lot lately. You have to kind of see, like, Miguel Rojas at 22 versus Rourke's not a 
bad punt. It's not great by any means. Um, so see what the lineup spit out for you at the shortstop position. As we head to the outfield, Giancarlo at 56, yes. Harper at 55, yes. Judge at 53, he's not a bad play. He's just so inconsistent right now. I'd rather pay up for Harper or Stanton or pay 53 for Trout versus Paxton. I don't care who Trout faces. If you want to use him, you use him. There's obviously better matchups than other. Paxton's not ideal, but you use him. Or a guy like Nelly Cruz versus a lefty at 52. Love that play. So all good plays up here. Judge probably goes deep tonight because I said all these things, but I'd rather have the other four guys at 52 and above than Judge. He's fifth on my list there. Uh, I mentioned Taylor. Springer is back. He's 5K versus Rodon. Uh, Ryan Braun versus the lefty ends. I love this at 48. Braun crushes lefties. Very much a good player at 48. He might be outside of Cruz, the top play for me so far, up top. Guy that Conforto at 47 versus Velasquez, good, good upside there. Domingo Santana at 45 versus ends. He'll be very low owned at that price tag, so keep that in mind. Um, Jay Bruce at 44 I like quite a bit. K with the Chris Davis has been on fire. Facing Wade Miley at 42, love it. He went deep again yesterday, three homers in his last 10 games, averaging 9.5. Um, his last 10, he's homered in three straight, 14, 32, and 19. Getting Miley, if that humidity stays the way it is, that ball's going to move. That's a good play at 4,200. Rajay Davis likely leading off its lefties well at 41. Adam Jones at 41 is a solid play versus Smith. Um, as you go down, like Johannes Suspedis at 41. He's been heating up a little bit of late, averaging seven his last 10. Uh, homered a couple games back. Hopefully he finds that stroke. This could be the weekend, the series to do it. As you scroll, see you know, Howie Kendrick at 39 is not bad. Christian Yelk at 39 is way too cheap. Way too cheap against Tanner Work. Solid stuff there. A guy like Dexter Fowler, who I usually don't play much. I'm not in love with him. He's always banged up. He had 18 points last night. He's got 8.4 his last 10, his last three games since his return from the DL. 18, 14, and 14. That's not bad, and he's facing Jason Hamill at 3800 bucks. And as we know, the Cardinals total is 450. It's one of the higher ones. Righty's 310, lefty's 320 off Hamill. So Fowler could be a very, very nice play. Yeah, Fowler, I'm not usually a fan of, but it's sneaky. You got Thames at 38, Rosario at 38, who I like a lot. Mentioned him yesterday, mentioned him the day before. Six points yesterday, 8.8 his last 10. Remember, he doubled on it a couple games ago. Good power bat against, if you're fading Davies, I like Davies a lot. If you're fading him, you're looking at the lefties with power, and Rosario is definitely one of them at 38. Uh, Brian Goodwin leading off. His tag's been, his price has been pretty high lately. It's down to 3,800. 11 points last night, 8.4 his last 10. Uh, 11, 17, a 0, then a 21. I like what I'm seeing with Goodwin leading off, and especially against a guy like Straley. If the Nats get going, he will be a centerpiece there. Locaine at 37 is not bad. Grossman at 37 versus Davies is in play. Keon Broxton. I mentioned Hernan Perez already at 37. Broxton at 37 is very nice. You know, he keeps going up and down from the minors. But the power upside is there. Homered a few games ago. Broxton at 39. Speed, power, combo. Kepler at 37. Definitely in play for me if you're fading Davies. That's one of my top twins if you're fading Davies. He's been batting second in between Dozier and Sano. Uh, I like him a lot at 3,700. Uh, Yasiel Puig versus the lefty Banda at 37 has very, very, very good power upside. Nine points last night, 8.7 in his last 10. 
I like Puig a lot at 37 if he cracks the lineup. Always sucks he's hitting so low in the lineup, but he's definitely worth a look there. Brandon Moss is left-handed bat at 35, and Melky Cabrera is. I like Cabrera more than Moss, basically, because he's where he's hitting in the order. Both decent options versus Lance Lynn at their price tag. Our boy Brandon Geyer of the Cleveland Indians gets to face a lefty in Blake Snell. Geyer at 35. Sign me up for that one if you need a lower-priced outfield option. Very good spot versus Blake Snell. As we scroll, scroll, scroll some more, you got guys like uh, Corey Dickerson if you're punting against Salazar at 34. I mentioned Trey Mancini at 34. I like a lot. Um, this is not great down here. Where our boys go? Oh, here we go. If you're fading to Grom, you got Odebel Herrera at 33. Kiki Hernandez, outfield shortstop eligible. 3,300 versus the lefty Banda. Kiki is, quote-unquote, everyone's lefty specialist. He's not that good, everybody. He's good, but not that good. So temper your expectations. But at 3,300 bucks, there is definite upside there. Uh, Mike, or Mark Kana, Kanha of the A's versus the lefty Miley at 32. I like a lot. Kana's got good, good power potential at a nice price tag. I like Chapman more at 23, but Chapman doesn't play the outfield. So Kana at 32 is a punt option. Austin Jackson versus the lefty at 31 for the Indians. Very interesting play there. I like that quite a bit for some value. Uh, Cameron Maben at 3K versus Paxton's not ideal, but there's upside there if you need it. I'd look elsewhere, but he's there. You got guys like, uh, can't wait till Reese Hoskins comes up. That's going to be great. But uh, he's not playing tonight, so don't matter. But there's not much down here in the 2K area. It hasn't been the last few nights. So keep an eye on um, lineups and see what pops out because there's really nothing standing out yet. Yeah, because he's even left-handed, so that doesn't go for me. Um, yeah, there's nothing I like down here right now. There's always something eventually when the lineups come out. I know I've been busy the last couple days. I haven't been able to tweet at you, but I will do my best today. I don't have too much going on this afternoon at the moment, so we'll be able to check that out. Uh, recap of your pitchers up top. I got Salazar, part, uh, Paxton, 1A, 1B. Then you got Gray. Then if you want, you can go DeGrom or Darvish after that. In the middle, Davies and Peacock. Down below, uh, Rodon, Lynn, Skaggs, Snell. That's where I'm looking on the mound. Let's check out your BVP on your Thursday. Uh, Freddie Galvis, 6 for 19 off of DeGrom. Not too much going on for the Phillies there. Conforto, 4 for 7 with two homers off Vinny Velasquez. As Druba Cabrera, 5 for 11 with a double like that. Jose Bautista, 6 for 15 with a double and a homer off Sonny Gray. Gary Sanchez, small sample, but here's your team BVP. Gary Sanchez versus Marco Estrada, 4 for 11. That's a 364 average with four home runs. It's not bad. Aaron Judge, 4 for 10 with a home run. Todd Frazier's taking him deep twice. Didi's taking him deep three times. I'm telling you, the Yankees are a good play like they are most nights. Corey Dickerson, 2 for 5 with two homers off Danny Salazar. Uh, Yadier Molina, I told you I was liking him. Gary Sanchez, that four homer thing looks great. But also Yadi 10 for 24, four doubles and a triple versus Jason Hamill. Batting 417, decent sample size as well. Mike Moustak is 3-for-9 with two homers off Lance Lynn. 
Carlos Beltran, five for nine with three doubles off Carlos Rodon. These are some small, small samples, not too much to run to. Rajay Davis, three for 10 with two homers off Wade Miley. That's intriguing. Simeon's four for 11 with a triple. Robinson Cano, six for 12 with three doubles off Skaggs. Kyle Seeger, six for 13 with a homer. Guillermo Heredia, if he cracks the lineup, it's a small sample. One for two, but that one hit was a home run. Nelly Cruz has taken him deep. Albert Pujols, yeah, 208, 208 average, but he's 5 for 24, two doubles and two homers off Paxton. Still, that's not great by any means. So there's your BVP on the slate. Weather looks decent. Keep an eye on the one game with the White Sox and the Astros. But overall, very interesting state slate. I think you're going to want to pay for pitching like you have the last few days and then find the value power upside bats. But uh, good stuff here. Check us out, thesportsdgens.com, at thesportsdgens, the PGA Championship has teed off. Thanks for all the support we're getting on that always pressing pod. It's been really, really good. Um, check out uh, Doc should have his latest podcast in conjunction with the Saturday Edge coming up in the next day or two. Keep an eye on that. We have uh, NASCAR this weekend. Heads back to Michigan. Josh will have you ready there. Uh, tons and tons going on again. EPL starting up this weekend. Check out Squanto's picks. He'll have DFS for you as well. But more importantly, hit me up on Twitter at BDNTrick with any of your questions. Check out Around the Bases with Bubba and Mo, episode 24. Lots of really, really good baseball talk there. But good luck tonight. This was your MLB DFS Quick Hits Thursday, August 10th edition. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. I'm out.